Hello, and welcome back to the Marketing Slice by Hurry, the show where the team at Hurry give you all the latest marketing insights, hints, and tips that need to help you improve your results right now. I'm Melissa, and in this episode, we'll be discussing the Gestalt design principles and how they can make your dashboards more powerful. So let's get stuck right in. Psychology and design are more closely related than a lot of people realize. Every design, whether it's on a website, on a billboard, or on the streets around you, comes directly from or has been influenced by perceptions of human nature. And dashboards are no different. At their core, dashboards are meant to simplify data, making it easier to see and absorb, allowing you to make better data-driven decisions. But have you ever wondered why dashboard design principles recommend a lot of white space or why hierarchies are important? It's deeper than it just looks pretty. There are many theories out there that can be used to provide context, but in this podcast, we'll be looking at the Gestalt principles of design. So what are the Gestalt principles? They are principles that look at human perception and are based on the human tendency to intuit patterns when processing information, including visual information. One of the core tenets of the principle, which translated from German means unified whole, is that people tend to group similar elements, recognize patterns, and simplify complex images. The principles date back to the 1920s, when three German psychologists were undertaking work that aimed to understand how humans typically gain meaningful perceptions from the chaotic stimuli around them. This led to the creation of a set of laws or principles regarding how humans perceive visual stimuli and how we find order in the world. So what does this have to do with design? In short, everything, given that the Gestalt principles define how humans perceive the world. Design, in this case, is just another complex set of visual information that people have to make sense out of. In fact, graphic designers adopted the principles very early on and have essentially been using them ever since. When it comes to dashboards specifically, the Gestalt principles or Gestaltism can help in a myriad of ways. To see exactly how though, we'll go through some of the principles and outline how you can apply them when building your dashboards. Now, given these are visual design tips, it may help to have something to look at. We've linked our blog in the show notes so you can follow along there if you like. First up is similarity. The principle of similarity says that we group elements together when they appear similar to one another. Similar can mean anything from size, to shape, to color. Pretty simple, right? So how can we apply this to dashboards? This can be useful when trying to show a relation between elements that aren't necessarily next to one another on your dashboard. For example, you can use the same color in different graphs to represent revenue. The similar elements allow us to automatically make a connection between the two, allowing them to compare and contrast quickly. In a dashboard sense, similarity makes it easy to scan and retain information quickly, which as we know is the main benefit. Similarity can also be used to highlight an element you want to stand out. By making it different from the other visualizations on the dashboard, whether in color, shape, or type, our eyes will be drawn to it, making the distinction that it is different or important. Next, we'll look at continuity. Continuity posits that oriented units or groups tend to be integrated into perceptual wholes if they are aligned with one another. In other words, people perceive elements as related when they are aligned with one another or appear as a continuation. Our minds tend to follow paths and group elements aligned on a single path as related. When applying this to dashboards or data visualization, its value can be seen in its ability to guide your user's eye or attention. Placing information or elements in a series naturally guides your users through that information. This can be done either horizontally or vertically, so your options are flexible. For example, if you want to show that a series of graphs are related to sales, you can group them horizontally. You can almost tell a story by aligning your charts on an axis or in a line. 
allowing the user to follow the path that you set out for them without them even knowing. The third principle we'll be looking at is, excuse my pronunciation, pregnanz. Pregnanz, also called symmetry and order, is German for good figure. So what does that actually mean? When presented with a series of complex objects or shapes, your brain will perceive them in as simple a manner as possible. One of the most commonly cited examples is the Olympic logo. Even when it's shown monochromatically, we still see it as a series of overlapping rings rather than a collection of curved lines. While it may not be as obviously as applicable for dashboard design, Pregnance outlines an important concept, simplicity. When building your dashboard or any UX design for that matter, opting for the simplest option in terms of shape and layout make it easier for your user's brain to actually perceive the information you're presenting. Using this principle can be especially useful at the planning or wireframing stage of your dashboard build. It pushes the use of clear navigation, headers, labels, and position of visual elements. Fourth is proximity. The proximity principle states that elements that are close to one another spatially are more related than those spaced further apart, or at least that's what our brains tell us. That makes sense, right? Things that are close together would be related in some way, so we can use this to help our dashboard users perceive information more clearly. Quite simply, you do this by grouping related elements together. If you have visualizations that all relate to marketing, you would put these in the same space, whereas the sales KPI trackers would go in a separate group. You can take this even further by creating separate dashboards and creating subgroups within those, i.e. financial information, lead progress, customer growth, etc. Next up is symmetry. Have you ever found yourself hanging a picture or painting only to spend an hour trying to find the exact right spot for it? This may be due to the fact that, according to Gestalt, our brains are more comfortable with symmetric elements than non-symmetrical. It's almost as if we have an unconscious need for balance, which may be because this balance or symmetry provides a sense of order, making even the most disparate of data feel connected and easy to understand. Elements that are symmetrical, according to Gestalt, are seen as part of a unified group. When applying this to dashboard design, it can mean something as simple as ensuring your marketing and sales teams have the same number of visualizations, though you don't overload one side of your layout with charts and leave the other with one or two tables. It can also be used to show relationships between two groups of elements. If your sales and marketing groups have the same number of visuals placed in a similar way, the user can infer that those elements are showing similar information for the two teams. Our final principle is closure. I want you to picture the logo for the World Wildlife Foundation. You're probably picturing a panda, right? When you look at it, you can clearly see that it's a panda. But it's not really a panda, is it? It's an outline that kind of looks like a panda, almost incomplete. The Gestalt principle of closure says that our brains want to see a complete picture, even when there are missing elements. So we'll often fill it in for us. This means that we can look at the WWF logo and see a panda, or that we can see a pie chart that's only three quarters complete and know what it's meant to represent. When it comes to applying this to your dashboard design, Clojure can be useful in making our users see an element with the smallest amount of information possible. This allows you to simplify your design and not overwhelm your user. For example, a pie chart that doesn't need to be filled in to be understood, or the use of icons rather than pictures. It's about keeping your visuals as simple as possible because your user's brain will likely intuit what it needs to. In writing terms, we would say, trust your audience. So the next question is, how to put this all into practice? There's been a lot written about the Gestalt principles and how they can be applied in different areas of design. Here we've outlined how they can be used to make dashboards more powerful and effective, 
so that your users can take in the information and use it to make data-driven decisions. As you've heard, there are immense benefits to keeping these principles in mind when designing and building your dashboards, but overall, the Gestalt principles will help you do three main things. One, determine which visual elements will have the greatest impact on your audience. Two, how to use design to influence how people digest the information and come to the right conclusions. And three, make your dashboards easy and effective for your users so they will actually have the intended impact. If you liked this podcast, then you can subscribe for free anywhere you get your podcasts. Feel free to share with a friend if you think they might enjoy it. And don't forget you can find other resources like guides, videos, blogs, and infographics over on our website at hurry.co or in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon.